sense. But hating justice, then you come to the right place. This week, my case is called the quadrangle. Quadrangle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, my case is called only 12. Only 12. Okay. So, I would like to start this week's episode with a complaint. Wait, no, before I get into the complaint, I want to start with an apology because <laughs> you are very excited for me to apologize. You bitch. Yeah, you know, I just learned things, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, if you notice this week's sign, it says, I'm sorry. And that is an I'm sorry to the hearing impaired community. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's I'm sorry to the hearing impaired community. Okay. Um, and I would like to verbally apologize to the visually impaired community for my mistakes, okay? But they were all well-intentioned, accidental, and totally understandable, okay? I would say that justice is swift because I have now lost a bit of hearing. Shut up, you fucking... You cannot see... I've lost a bit of hearing in my right ear and I don't know how I may have a perforated drum and I'm using gel in my eye at night because my eyes are incredibly dry. So whichever one of you all is a witch doctor, it landed, okay? Please, just release me. They have a voodoo candle. They have a voodoo candle, which I've gotten it, okay? So I have incredibly dry eyes, as you all know. I have a question. Can you just reverse a voodoo candle? Like, if you get a voodoo candle of yourself and be like, you're going to be rich. I don't know. You're going to have a big ass. Is it it, it just for bad juju? I don't know. Like, can you do a reverse Yeah, but do you want to fuck around with that? Because imagine, if a voodoo candle's inherent nature is evil, right? It needs to get some evil and to balance these skills. If we learn nothing from Final Destination, we I'll learn. Never watch that movie. What? Don't watch it. I won't. You'll never drive any highway again. What would I? <laughs> Listen. If anyway, if we learn anything from that show, which you did not watch, mm-hmm. it's that things always have to even out, right? So if you're having a voodoo candle where you're blessing up yourself, somebody's suffering somewhere. Hasn't the good candle been made? How is it that so the the rich people have all the vagina candle? No, not not a a vagina candle, but a good candle. You immediately create that with a vagina candle. Mm -hmm. No, but you said the the rich people have made it, so my mind went straight to like a sweat rice kind of vagina candle. No, 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 not Bernard Paltrow's candle. They probably have like the OG candle made from like water from like the Holy Grail or something like that. You mix a bunch of shit. They have fancy water, blessed water, to make their candle. Like the, the, the thing is the, the ingredient, the secret ingredient that we don't have because we don't have access that is in their candle. Every night they light that candle and they talk about their money and they make more money. But I hope that you all accept my apology. (laughs) (laughs) And my previous attempts at apologizing. For my transgressions. Okay. And for all of you, if you know a good juju candle, send it to us, please. Yeah. And, don't and you don't have to send us a candle, just a link. <laughs> yeah, we'll buy our own <laughs> candle. <laughs> just a link. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, between my eye and my ears, I can Maybe really do with a juju candle. Maybe we can do a candle. fake New Year's 
Eve. I tried that. I tried and that. The, and then do the the whole thing. I tried it. I tried to reset 2020. When 2020 had kick off, I had tell mommy something about this year didn't feel right. Chanel, mm. listen. And she goes, what? And I say, I don't know something about it didn't feel right. Two weeks later, whatever, Kobe death, right? Then the year began. The shit began. And then like around February, March, when everything kick off, I was like, you know, we should just do a do-over. Just, you know, let me just celebrate. Let me just try to set things right. It's too late. Do you think it's too late now? I'm hoping it's not. You know, it's um, October. But only have a couple more months until you. Can we do a Hocus Pocus do-over? I have not seen Hocus Pocus. Me neither. Yeah, I and people are real excited about mm-hmm. this Hocus Pocus too, and I have Disney Plus, so I was telling mommy, let's watch Hocus Pocus and do two, so we can get on board with why everybody's so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. I feel like if my Halloween movie is um, that one, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know. You don't know it? Mm-hmm. With the skeleton Mm-mm. and the, the fake Christmas that he had? Mm-mm. No? It's very popular. That's the ball skeleton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know him and he, because he, I find him cute, but I don't know where he is from. Yeah, but he's from that movie. So I would say for Hall, like around Halloween, like end of Halloween when they're showing that, that's probably my jam. And I, I know that there is a, it's, I don't think it's Halloween. I think it's Thanksgiving. It's a very popular show. You know, Charlie Brown always has like a, a movie, mm-hmm. like for whatever season. I think it's called The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't recall ever seeing it. I feel I saw all, but I can't remember seeing it. It's also Have very you popular. watched Alice in Wonderland? Of course, yeah. I never watched it. Like the original? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that and I saw... Um, I feel like there was like a remake or something. Was there? What did I watch? I thought I saw a remake. I don't remember. Maybe I'm confusing Shrek with Alice in Wonderland because they also had these card-shaped people. But I did definitely see Alice in Wonderland because I remember that cat that grins. And I remember her going through the little hole and coming out on the other side. And it's very colorful. And yeah, you should watch it. It's good. I think it's good. I'm scared to watch any movies right now. Because if the girls change what they're going to do for Halloween costumes. What are they doing? Karen only, she says it's going to be Elsa or Anna. Okay. I already have dresses. Okay. And they still fit. Okay. So she's set. And what about Emma? But the other one is expensive because every time she gets an idea, I go all out. <laughs> so what she want to do? I don't know. Last year last was, was so Harley cheap. Quinn, yeah. right? No. That did, that was the year before. So what was last year? Zombie. Oh, yes. It was a zombie. That was mm-hmm. pretty cheap. And we got her the, the, the makeup the and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just steer her in a direction? One year, I went as Wi-Fi. I literally wore all black with a Wi-Fi signal on my Mm t-shirt and that was it I was a Wi-Fi hot spot emphasis on hot however she's too young Mm -hmm. for that part Mm -hmm. so she could just wear like a regular outfit and put on the Wi-Fi I also went as a YouTube page once (laughs) where the cutout had like the the cutout was the video screen Mm -hmm. and it had like the YouTube 
at the top and on this side had the the other related videos which were pictures of my friends <laughs> and I put like a summary of what they were doing in the picture and then I put comments including hater comments oh. <laughs> <laughs> on my YouTube yeah but it was just one big piece of cardboard it was super easy to do and my then boyfriend at the time I made him a king card like a card um, mm-hmm. from a deck mm-hmm. and so we both because I was like oh I have to come up with last minute costumes and I didn't want to go buy anything so I just did that yeah and it worked out but it is a commitment to carry it around on your face all day <laughs> I never dressed up have I dressed up yeah I think I just have for when we came mm-hmm. the like a cat ears or bunny ears no the devil oh mm-hmm Horns uh-huh, uh-huh. and a tail. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been quite a few things for Halloween. I've been a, a general. Mm. I've been, which was fun because when I went to the Halloween party, there were a bunch of hot guys dressed like army, like privates, and because I outranked them technically, I was able to boss them around, mm. and that was fun for me. Yeah, but unfortunately, I had a boyfriend at the time, so no fun for me. But I still get to tell them to give me push-ups, which they did do, which was nice. Okay. Yeah. So I was a general. I was a ladybug. Ladybugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cute. I made the little wings. And so, and mommy helped me. She always went on board with all of my ideas. Like I said, I was a Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm-hmm. I think I was a maid, one of those like naughty maids. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be a garden hoe, emphasis on hoe. But it looked like a Subway <laughs> uniform from the, the franchise Subway. And every time I walked around, my friend's brother would say, eat fresh. (laughs) (laughs) So there was that one. And I know, right? Anyway, I want to go into my complaint. Okay, complain. This morning, I went to the gym upstairs (laughs) in my building. I have been having a good time trying to get back on track with my life. There is a room, you know the room, mm-hmm, the room mm-hmm. where you could go do whatever free workout whatever you want to do. Exactly. Normally by itself, nobody touches, nobody looks, I'm nobody so glad anything. you said this. Mm-hmm. So I go into the room, I want to preface this, that one of the guys was hot, so I didn't mind him being there. <laughs> so I'm in the room exercising, hot man walks in, I'm like you could work out in here, no problem. Right? Like I'm squatting yeah, my ass. Let up. me do all mm-hmm. my exercises. Yes, yes. Right? let me stretch. While you doing your abs, whatnot. Mm. No problem. Yeah. Let's coexist. Mm. Right? <laughs> I forgot my weights for one of my workouts. Mm. And I said, let me go get the weights. On the way out to get the weights, I see a guy coming in. I'll say first, I don't let me not because I'll get in trouble with the smelling impaired community. <laughs> but he smelled, okay? He did. <laughs> And it was too early in the morning. It's like 7 o'clock. How could you smell already? It's 7 a.m. 7 a.m. The day hasn't started. The day didn't start. Where did you sleep last night? Like, the day didn't start. Anyway, I go and I get my weights. And I go, who is going into the room? Smelly McSmellerson. Smelly guy. Right? So he goes in there. And I'm like, okay, you're not next to me. It's cool. It's whatever. You know what tripped me out? I didn't clock that he walked in with a boombox. I know what the fuck it is. The things that play music, like... No! Oh, yes. Right? No! Headphones, uh, motherfuckers! Exactly. The fuck? 
So he comes in, and I was like, no. I was like, I was like, I tell myself it was a humidifier, right? I said, say, maybe the man have allergies. He just need to suck up the dust. Right? So I tell myself, don't, don't press it. Don't be pressing. <laughs> Why did you bring it to the gym? <laughs> Let me go. So he can breathe. If the man want to fucking breathe, let him breathe. So he they no. gonna go to the closest room, the room that's closed <laughs> to breathe. To breathe. <laughs> yes. Well, he comes up to me while I'm working out, and he goes, "Sorry to interrupt you." Like, no, you're not. And I have my headphones in, so I have to take my headphones out. Mm-hmm. So listen, I I just wanna play some music, and I'm gonna play it loud. I say, Shana. I say, okay. You know, I'm not starting a scene. This is Canada. It's not Trinidad. Because in Trinidad, we're like, what the fuck are you bringing music here for? But this is Canada. So Put I said, okay. I don't, the whole time I'm working out, I put my whatever on high so that what, what I'm listening to, I put the volume up so I can't hear his music. I'm mad because, one, why do you assume people want to hear your shit? No, for the people out there who listen to this, if you listen to this without headphones, you're part of the fucking problem. Like, we want the... the um promotion but don't infringe on people's rights like that nobody wants to hear your music or whatever you're listening to what was he listening to, to classic f- music no <laughs> to be fair he's listening to afro beats which is pretty good right <laughs> but i don't like all the songs right mm. i only like the first one it was a burner boy song right you don't know it i'll play it for you but the first one was burner boy i could get on board with that mm-hmm. but the rest i didn't i didn't really vibrate but why? You don't Put on your headphones. Full on, bitch. You I didn't. Said, I just said okay. Exactly. But you just. But you're not okay with that. So you went all Canadian. So you just have to go be in the like. As long as I like the music. That's what I should have said. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, I got worse. Okay. You got it, worse. It got worse. Mm. So not only did this man impose he his music on us, he didn't man. work out. He's on his phone, texting. So you've now interrupted my workout, which, by the way, I wanted to end with a nice stretch workout, right? Because I'm trying to make sure I don't injure myself because you know the thing that takes I me out. I just trying to get the hot man. No, he gone, right? Because he put on his music, he run the hot man. So I had planned already to put on my stretch music, stretch video mm-hmm. because I told myself the last time, the things that keep taking me out when I start my get my momentum going is that I hurt my knee or I hurt my back. So I said, not this time, Chanel, when you get back into working out, make sure you take the time to do your stretches. Do it. Look at us. Because I've been doing it. Yesterday, I did a stretching yoga session mm-hmm. right after my workout. You see? It's good, though. But it's important to do because then two of us are complaining, oh, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to take the, be proactive. Yeah, but be when proactive you're doing a stretch, you, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing a stretch, you want to just relax, right? This is a time to relax. Susanna, <laughs> tell me I lie. This is the time to relax. It is the time. I don't want to hear. Right? But I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring you. But you got me mad when it's you're uh, you're now texting. You're not doing any workout. He did like one little baby run and then he sat down and he started on his phone taking pictures of himself and texting. And then he took a call. While his music is going on. I left. I left and I promised myself, I said to myself, I don't need to get to the gym at four, but I need to get to the gym before you. Whatever time that is, you strolled in here about seven o'clock. Why would you? I need to get to the here, gym before this is you. What happened, this is what happened for these motherfuckers. If you say something, you're a Karen. If you don't say anything, you're entitled in this guy. 
enabling be, enabling this guy because mm-hmm. he he doesn't fucking know or he he finds a bunch of news that said it's no, okay when knows. he knows hold just, on a second he fucking smell he didn't work out <laughs> and now he's putting music and texting because at least move your ass you motherfucker but no you just have to say something you say no i'm sorry like yes i do mine I guess I'm gonna have to if I ever encounter him again and he tries to impose on everybody. Like, I don't... Like, okay, you have your music. Play Just your music. Just because you speak your mind, you're not a cutting. I'm not, I'm not pleased about the fact that you want to play your music for the public. I don't see why that is necessary, but you live in this building too I am biased about that because I do play my music at the beach and so people don't like it. At the beach? At the beach. Here's where I'm not pressed about that. And I'm not saying it because you and I are friends. Mm. The beach is like a outside. I don't know why it doesn't bother me. Maybe I'm used to people playing music at the beach. Maybe that's what it is. But to me, like when you're working out, you need if if you're not crazy. I'm sorry if you're like, I think people who run without music have to have they either have like the extra like extreme focus or they are psychopaths psychos right like people who run like you run for like an hour just a smile on your face no i've seen it i've seen it there's a woman in this building she does it psychopath yeah. she has a full-on like bbl body but it looks natural which is even more upsetting and she runs is she nice and she just nope and she that's runs good. that's good and she and she's just like there and just she's just running off of the fumes of being hot right okay but she knows it that's good. exactly exactly but my point is is that like you have reached that level of hotness that you don't need music to you don't run. need music to run yes that's exactly how hot she is right? <laughs> but i don't know if it's that because i i feel like in the gym people need they get into a zone and they have to get into a zone with whatever music they enjoy so that they can amp up their own personal workout most of the time. So like when you come with your music and you're trying to focus on something like that, it's disruptive. I because watch shows. Whatever you're doing. The point mm-hmm. is, is that that's the thing that gets you through your workout. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're watching your show. Some people listen to podcasts. It's maybe you're what, and somebody comes playing Sandstorm by Darude. If you know it, it's it's like peak 90s club music, like German club music, right? But the point is, it's very aggressive, it's very loud. And somebody comes in, and you can't focus on the thing that gets you out of your head so you can get your workout in. And now all you're thinking about is your workout. You can't be effective, you're gone, right? Which is exactly what happened to me today. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I'm annoyed about the gym music. I hate it on the subway and the bus because most of the time people are just trying to decompress, either to get ready for wherever they're going or to decompress before they go home. I used to I used to listen to like <clears throat> loud stuff when I'm on the subway, but after the recent events, people being lied up or pushed onto the train, whatever yeah. track. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way I'm gonna distract myself. I'm on my fucking game. I'm like, I'm looking at all of you, you motherfucker. I got to the point that this is how I distract, how I distract myself. If I feel that somebody, I start describing it in my head. So you like can I'm, describe it to the police. <laughs> you're six feet, whatever, and you have a root sweatshirt. You have blue pants and you have okay. white shoes with a black stain. You know, it really doesn't. 
it really didn't trigger me that much about the whole incident. But what I will say is I have a tendency from the start to go wherever there's a wall behind my back. I don't like to go in the open space. And that's been since I was on the subway area in when I used to go take the subway in the UK. I used to always try to find wherever I had was one to pass people on the yellow dots. On the edge? No, I never go there. I was one to pass the people. I never now, go there. Now, if I see somebody, I lock time. Yeah, but I never, like, go, no, I never go there. If you're going to throw me through the thing, you're gonna going to look at me in the No, thing. no, I told myself if, if anybody yeah. pushing me, are you going to? I'm not going by I don't myself. Know. I don't I'm know. just going to pull them too. That's a good point. That's not all your business. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you about the quadrangle. Which I googled, because I didn't know if I was making it up. And a quadrangle. It is, it's also the quad. What is that? The quadrangle. That was a triangle you showed me. So it's a quadrangle. It's a square, yes. That's, it was the difference between that and a rectangle. Or a square. Why didn't you call it square? I'm getting to this. So when I googled it, <laughs> quadrangle is the word often used for like the quad on like a, a like a campus. You know, always have that big space in the middle. It's be square. It's a quad. You never hear them say the quad. That's what they call it. Anyway, apparently it's you another know, word I for felt- quadrilateral, which is a four-sided figure. Okay. I don't know those things because my <laughs> best friend from from high school, uh-huh. he loved to draw. Okay. So he will do all my stuff and mm-hmm. I love math. So I will do all his work. So if you see how our stuff from high school, mm-hmm. his math work were 20 out of 20, but he felt the test. And for me on the other side, my work for the, the, the drawing, how do you call that? Geometric, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. All of my work, it was... 20 out of 20, but I failed the test. Because like I couldn't I draw it? Passed. I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. There's no drawing here. Just all you need to retain is it's that this square. is about a four-sided figure. Okay? It's square. very calm. Okay, the square. Why don't you call it the square? Well, let's call it the square, bitch. The square. You said the quadruple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? We should stop because of what I explained. <laughs> and I am laughing because... In the pursuit of apologizing, <laughs> I went in search of knowledge, okay? And where do you get knowledge these days? TikTok. So I go to TikTok to learn sign language, which I wanted to learn ASL, which is American Sign Language. And I go there. But what did I learn this week? You bald-headed, broke bitch, <laughs> stop playing with me <laughs> and I learned it and now Susanna and I can't stop signing bitch to each other which is what we're doing in the background <laughs> okay <laughs> bitch okay sorry <laughs> I don't know what sorry is but I can't say bitch <laughs> is sorry this no that's thank you oh thank Isn't you that thank bitch you? <laughs> <laughs> look for thank you look for thank you there I, mean, I said what I said anyway the point is is that it is a quadrangle. Okay? <laughs> so, I want to say first, I heard this story years ago, but I didn't want to tell you the name of the show because I would give the story away. Friends. Okay? No, shut up. Try to stay with me because this one complicated. The bacchanal is peak bacchanal. Okay? Mm-hmm. On the morning of November 8, 2002, 
an anonymous call was received by 911. Mm -hmm. I think a guy is attacking my neighbor, reported what sounded like a scared neighbor, a scared woman, actually. When the caller was asked for further details, the feminine voice answered only saying, I don't know her name, but she's my neighbor and she lives in 105. I assume that's you in it. Mm -hmm. I saw a guy go into her apartment mm. and promptly hung up. Of course, the authorities called back, but were surprised to discover that the call came from a payphone near the address identified by the distress caller. You remember payphones? Yeah, the one you put the coin. Yes. You know what stopped me from using payphones? <sighs> you want me to tell you? Is it how gross it is? Does it involve it's, shit? No, it's like a five. Listen. Okay. So I I've, I used to travel home. Mm -hmm. And where I have to go to travel home was kind of like a major intersection. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was waiting on a maxi, which is like our public transportation, mm -hmm. only to see a homeless guy go to the payphone. I was like, oh, look, he has somebody to call. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he took the time to lick oh, the air part and then he licked <laughs> the mouth part. He licked the toe and he hung the phone back up. And I was like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> I will never use it again. I will never let it touch my face. And it's not the fact that he's homeless. It's just that if he can do that, how many Anybody. other people are doing it? <laughs> you know? Sticking it in the bum, seeing the pants and all kind of thing. Anyway, let me move on. Descending on the address, police rushed to stave off the attack. Because when she got attacked, that was the call. My neighbor got attacked. But they were too late. Um, they found the body of 32-year-old Anna. Well, it was true. I thought you were going to be like, mm, no, nobody was there. No, no, she was there. Okay. They found the body of 32-year-old Annalisa Ramundo laying on the floor, having suffered several deep stab wounds to the face, neck, and chest. With one stab wound so deep, it hit the other side of her lungs, practically going through her whole body. She also suffered major blunt force trauma to the head. In my opinion, Annalisa was some kind of genius. I'm, I'm being very honest here. does not mm -hmm. me being sarcastic. Mm -hmm. She got her undergraduate degree from Harvard University and her graduate degree from Columbia University. Given her decorated educational background, it was no surprise that she worked for the prestigious biopharma company Purdue Pharma. Yeah. Additionally, she was engaged to be married. She had a thriving social life and was generally well-liked. So I guess what was a surprise was the fact that someone would target her with this level of aggression because, like, who vexed with this girl? Like, she seemed to keep a low profile. She lives a normal life. She spent so many years studying. In Maybe school. Another well, you never know. So despite the fact that the scene was incredibly violent, there was no sign of forced entry. Hmm. And although a stabbing typically indicated a personal attack, because when people stab, it's because I vex at you. Her fiancé, the person closest to her in this case, had an alibi. He was at work, and he was seen at work. Did he have a twin? <laughs> no, this is not a telenovel. There was no way he physically committed the murder. Mm. But we all know you could set up somebody to get murdered, right? To be fair, they couldn't think they couldn't link him to the one piece of evidence in their arsenal. A bloody droplet in the sink. This droplet didn't belong to Annalisa, didn't belong to the fiance, and therefore could only belong to the killer. Mm -hmm. But there were no hits on the system when the DNA was entered. 
If this wasn't a crime of passion, but instead a crime of opportunity would the assailant or the assailants mm-hmm. slip up in the future so that the authorities can nab their killer? They don't know because they hit not on the system. The fiance is like, um, I'm not, I didn't do it. I was at work. They have proof from the blood stain. It wasn't his blood. And she Nothing is dead. It's broken. Well, into- it was. Well, it didn't look like forced entry, but there was a fight in the apartment. So okay. she fought for her life. She didn't just like get sneak attacked and, and was stabbed, you know? So like there was a fight. Uh, things were broken, thrown about, whatnot. They wouldn't get a lead until several years later. In 2003, well, not several years, but a couple years mm-hmm. later. In 2003, to be exact, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you know that the key to unraveling the whole mystery would be a sex game? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. A sex game. Yeah. Sex. Yeah. Game. Yes. Okay. In March 2003, on a spring day in the quiet suburban neighborhood of Westchester County, just north of New York City, an unexpected cry of pain was ringing out. Paul Christos was the one in pain. He and his wife, Sheila Davalu, were playing a blindfolded sex game to heighten the other senses when suddenly a burning sensation took over his chest <laughs> and then another. So he had two, two feelings of intense pain in mm. the chest. Feeling the pressure, Paul started begging Sheila to call the ambulance. And she did, but they were taking forever to get there. He just knew something was wrong with him. But after about an hour of waiting for the ambulance, Sheila drove Paul to the Westchester Medical Center herself. Mm-hmm. Because what's she going to do, wait around for the ambulance to come? She's like, fuck this, y'all taking forever, let's go. Paul's relief that he was about to get help for the pain in his chest was short-lived. Because in that moment, Mere steps away from the medical center, Sheila launched her attack and stabbed Paul. What the fuck, Sheila? Confused, but with his his adrenaline at an all-time high, Paul was able to escape her frenzied attack and made his way to some bystanders who got him help. Which wasn't far because, like I said, he was already at the Mm -hmm. health center. Mm -hmm. Sheila had nicked his heart. And Paul was urgently rushed to open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Paul survived. He survived long enough to implicate his wife in the attempt on his life and had found out that police had already arrested Sheila. Because mm-hmm. remember, she had bystanders there. But why would Sheila even do this? Why the hell should she even do this? It would seem that the person at the center of Paul's stabbing would not only be Sheila, but another man as well. So let's start with Sheila, shall we? Mm-hmm. She was born May 11, 1969, and she and her family migrated to the U.S. in the late 1970s after fleeing Iran. Mm-hmm. She followed in her parents' footsteps, who were both medical professionals, and entered into the health arena pursuing biochemistry, which is also what I studied at school, at the University of Stony Brook in New York. She went to graduate school at the New York Medical Center. And she was a researcher with um, pharma companies, right? So following this, she met Paul. Remember? She Mm -hmm. moved to the States. She met Paul. 
and they kick it off. Their romance took off like just like a rocket. The only problem was that at the time Sheila was married, Sheila was married to a man named Farid Musavi. Well, when Farid found out that Sheila was having an affair and she was stepping out on him, he promptly asked for a divorce. And Sheila gave him that divorce mm -hmm. and moved on to her happily ever after with Paul. Paul. That's right. Mm -hmm. If you're wondering what the hell this have to do with what happened to Paul, it turns out that Sheila might have been a science genius and had work figured out. But love was another story. <laughs> Sheila had a wandering eye. And after two years of marriage to Paul, in the summer of 2001, she sparked a romance with a co-worker. His name? Nelson Sessler. And to Sheila, Nelson was it. He was it. In a desperate attempt, you hate my stories because they drive you crazy. In a desperate attempt to see her new lover, Sheila decided on what to her seemed like the perfect plan. To get rid of him overnight and over the weekend so she could spend time with Nelson. She knew man. Mm -hmm. Sheila told her husband, number two, aka Paul, that she had a mentally ill brother. He had schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And that he would be visiting. And because of his psychosis, he couldn't know that Sheila was married because he would trip out. So she needed to not only have him leave, but to hide all evidence that he even existed from the house. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Because he wouldn't do well. Psychosis, yes. yes. Paul, although confused, believed his wife and didn't want to contribute to her brother's mental breakdown. Mm. So he helped Sheila clear Hi, his mm. things mm. from the house right, and would stay at a hotel. While the brother, who was mentally ill, was visiting. Yes. Sheila Bold. She is. Sheila, Camilla, Camilla, then Sheila. What the fuck? I'm like, no, bitch, I'm going to bring my Simon yes. to my house. Yes. With the help of my husband. husband that's right. I will hide the evidence. With my husband. With the help. He will, know, he will gladly help me hide the evidence because he thinks that my side man is my mentally ill brother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because she couldn't just go and visit him at the... Wherever. I don't know. I don't know. Where they keep all these brother's things. I don't know why she couldn't go by the side man house. Why does that he was have to never address the in, 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 the, in their own house? I don't keep know. Keep their houses clean. Motherfuckers. Anyway. So Paul must have done a good job erasing his presence because <laughs> Nelson, when asked, said he had no idea that Sheila was married. But to him, he didn't understand why he was even involved in what amounted to the possible attempted murder of Paul. Mm. He's like, why are you asking me any questions? I, I didn't even know she had a man. Mm. Turns out on the day that Paul was stabbed, Sheila suggested that they play a sex game. Mm. Where they would get blindfolded, they'll each take turns. He went first, of course, and get touched, and the sensory overload will add a certain element while trying to identify the object touching them. So imagine mm. that you're blindfolded, somebody's touching you with a feather. I don't know who gets off on this, but this is what they're doing. Okay? <laughs> Paul was on board. <laughs> His jackass. <laughs> Paul was on board because to him, it would give them a chance to reconnect because they haven't been spending time together because she spent so much time with your brother. Mm. Brother who not well. Mm. Brother who mentally ill. Oh, right? So he allowed himself to be blindfolded and play a little sex game. At first, the touches were soft as promised. 
But then Sheila went downstairs to the kitchen and come back. And she, he heard her go down to the kitchen. And then she mentioned one last thing, which is when she sat on his lap. And he's thinking, okay, uh -huh. we're getting to the next level. Uh -huh. And she stabbed him in the chest with a paring knife. Twice for good measure. Paul, no? Paul, yes, Paul. Mm -hmm. During the hour that Paul sat begging for help, Sheila told him she tried calling for ambulance but couldn't I get through. But Sheila was really hoping he would just bleed out. Sheila but bitch. when he didn't and was still alive begging for his life an hour later, she decided to drop him off at the hospital. I guess desperation got the better of her and she tried one last time, for whatever reason, to get rid of her problem and stabbed him again, hoping to land a killer blow and get away. And she almost did because she did nick his heart this time. But she didn't expect him to expect them to save him. So okay. she didn't land the blow that she was hoping to land. <laughs> Unluckily for her, one of the bystanders saw her flee and pointed the police in the right direction. So when Sheila got picked up, she told them she had tried calling the hospital to help her husband, you who was accidentally stabbed in their sex game. But when they checked her phone, they determined she never tried to call no fucking <laughs> hospital. But you know who she did call? She side man, Nelson. And she asked him to come over that night for a little rendezvous. Mind you, she don't even know if the husband dead. When the police confronted her with this, she claimed she did no such thing. And she said she only called him to cancel dinner plans because Paul got injured. Mm. She was not expecting that. Get your stories to Exactly. Goodness. She was expecting Sheila. that. <laughs> Sheila, a.k.a. Camila. Anyway, Nelson was reeling from the revelation that Sheila was even married because he assumed she was divorced or single. But to me, shouldn't have been so surprised because he wasn't exactly single himself when they met. Because at the time of their meeting, that fateful summer, Nelson was engaged. Nelson was engaged to Annalisa Ramundo. Okay? Ramundo, it's Raimundo. Ramundo. Raimundo. Raimundo. Mm -hmm. So not Ray. Raimundo. Raimundo. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, when <clears throat> Sheila was identified in the attempted murder of her husband, and linked to Nelson Sessler, who was the then fiance of Annalisa Raimundo. Mm. Red flags took off all over the place. <laughs> and they started looking at her for Annalisa's death. With enough suspicion in tow, and the belief that her voice matched that of the anonymous caller on the day that Annalisa's murder took place, Sheila was charged with a bunch of shit. Right? <laughs> Because at this point, she tried to kill the husband. She stabbed him from the health center. They match her voice to Annalisa murder. Annalisa was found with all these stab wounds, whatever, whatever. And I think she was stalking her a bit prior to, right? Of course, she knew where she lived. Yes, and they remanded her, remanded her into custody. Not one to sit back and let things happen to her. The ever-confident Sheila. <laughs> because she would her whole chest believe that the police would accept mm -hmm. that she was calling the mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. And she didn't call Nelson to set up I a date. I did stab her, but I did call you to come and rescue her. This is it. This is all legs to stand on. But she was confident, so she decided she was going to represent herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when... <laughs> Which is where the court heard from Paul. Now I will name him as victim number two, no longer husband number two, mm -hmm. that he had no idea about the affair because remember, he willingly packed up his shit and went to the hotel. He fully believed that Sheila had a schizophrenic brother and that Sheila, in retrospect, was likely obsessed 
with Nelson because he said she would come home telling him about the work back and out. <laughs> and apparently at work, she had some friends named Jack, Annalisa, and Melissa who were in a love triangle, right? And Sheila would constantly ask Paul, why would Jack do this? Why would Jack do that? And he, she said how she was going to go with Melissa to Annalisa house to Snoop, which is why I told you she was stalking her. So she's claiming she went with Melissa. Melissa is her. Right, but she's telling the husband all about her affair in code. And poor Paul, do you need? Do you know what happened, Paul? Do you need to listen? That's what happened. He probably was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. No. But then, how did he remember about Jack and Alisa and Melissa? Because some some must have stopped. The point is, is that she was brazen enough to tell her husband about her affair in code <laughs> and pretend to be other people whilst also I saying mean, she had a schizophrenic brother, right? <laughs> anyway, so she said she was going to go by with Melissa to Annalisa house to snoop. and But Paul never thought any further about it. I, I would have asked questions. Like to me, if my husband come to me and was like, hey, I go with Brian up the street to Mako, what going on with um, Stacy? I'd be like, what the fuck you doing with Brian to look at Stacy? What are you doing there? If Brian want to go and stalk Stacy, let Brian go and stalk Stacy. What are you doing in that? If it was the other way around, and I would say to Ryan, I'm gonna go with Chanel to Marco on. He'll be like, would I say something to stop you, or anything that I would say to stop you, would stop you? I think you have to know the people in the situation. Like, if you don't know the people involved, why would you let your person Maybe go with I them? Maybe I knew them. Paul couldn't know that one of them was his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Melissa? <laughs> Melissa doesn't exist. <laughs> anyway, anyway, in his head, in Paul's head, it was just work back and all. Yeah, it was just work back and all, and he was just there to mack out the story and then move on, not realizing that she was fully confessing to her role in the affair. Um, but Sheila was in the throes of despair and incredibly jealous of Annalisa. Because Nelson ended what to him was a summer fling in an attempt that he could focus on his relationship with Annalisa. Now, he wrong for cheating on her with Sheila. He wrong for that. Yeah. But he did try to end things with her so that he could focus on his now serious relationship with Annalisa because he chose to fiance Annalisa. Now, what I and can't that's say... that's when Sheila snapped in the wedding. Yes. Oh. I can't say if he was engaged at the time that he met Sheila or if he was engaged during the relationship with Sheila, like maybe he, he had time to think about it and he was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm carrying on this affair with Sheila, but I really love Annalisa. I want to be with her. Let me focus on her only, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but after Sheila eliminated her, co her competition, which is Annalisa, unbeknownst to Nelson, Nelson carried on Sheila, seeing Sheila on and off. Because, you know, he's, I guess, possibly grieving Annalisa. He was already in a side relationship with Sheila. And, you know, and honestly, he didn't know Sheila was the one to kill. Exactly. So he carried on with Sheila because he had no idea that she was the one who killed Annalisa. And he didn't know she was married either. Exactly. Mm. Right? Um, but apparently getting rid of Annalisa wasn't enough for Sheila. So she had to take out Paul as well. When confronted with the voice match theory, you know what she said? She said, 
Harry Connick Jr. and Frank Sinatra sound the same. <laughs> so the evidence was sloppy at best. Right? That's not a direct quote, it's a paraphrase, but basically, yes, yeah, she was like, how are you going to use this? And there are plenty of people who sound the same. Right? What wasn't sloppy and irrefutable? DNA that evidence. Remember the blood droplet from the scene of Annalisa's murder? Well, it was a perfect match to Sheila. In the end, Sheila was found guilty of everything. She was sentenced to 25 years for the murder, uh, the attempted murder, sorry, of her husband, Paul, mm-hmm. and a further 50 years for Annalisa's murder. And she has to finish her first 25-year sentence before starting the 50-year sentence. And she will be 60 when she begins that 50-year sentence, which means she was effectively handed down a judgment of life in prison. A woman who served on the jury and was questioned about the sentence afterwards said she wasn't losing any sleep over the decision to Mm -mm. convict. And that is the story of Sheila Davalu and the quadrangle. It became a quadrangle because poor Paul didn't know he was involved. So it was Sheila Paul, Nelson, Annalisa. Poor Annalisa got killed. Paul almost got killed. Nelson didn't know about Paul. Nelson didn't know Sheila killed Annalisa. Paul didn't know about Nelson. Paul didn't know about Nelson. The quadrangle. Or rather for you, the square. square. Mm. What do you think of that story? It's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was good. It was very good. I know it from before, like from years before. It has a really good episode on um, Oxygen Snapped Women Who Kill. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's the name of the show. The Woman snapped Who Kill. Woman mm-hmm. Who Kill. Okay. Yeah. And so I saw it on Snapped years ago, the story of Sheila Davalu. And I think she did a recent um, in jail uh, interview. I'm not sure if she maintains her innocence or what. Excuse me. But the consensus is that she's pretty arrogant. Of course she is. A narcissist too. Yeah. And so I don't I wouldn't be surprised if she did um did maintain that I'm innocent of all those things. I got tricked into I got tricked all <laughs> those things. I was tricked into all those things. <laughs> right? I can but you know, to all. Mm, my goodness, it's good. It's a good case. I thought it was a good case. You don't have much feedback, but okay. I just want to tell the people who are watching the video that um, my auntie Winna made these nice pumpkins, the ones that are on the table. She crocheted these bitches. Look at how cute this stinking pumpkin is. <laughs> huh? It looks like an ass. Look, it does look a little ass-like, but it's still, it's a pumpkin. I it's love cute. them. They're, They're so adorable. Cute. And she's doing more colors. So look out for her Etsy shop, okay? That was my shameless plug for my auntie's crochet pumpkins. Very on brand, very on season. I'm very happy to have them in my apartment. All right, Susanna, take us away. This um, case has me very mad. Your cases usually have you very mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this has me very mad. Paul Shantley was born January 25th, 1931 in Boston. This is an old-timey case. Yeah. Okay. But you probably know about it. I don't know. I've not heard that name yet. No? Mm-mm. His father owned a bowling alley. A pool room. When I was reading this, like, who owns, like, a pool? And it's a pool thing. Oh, you thought it was, like, a, a swimming pool mm-hmm. room? And his mother worked as a legal secretary. He attended Huntington School for Boys. Mm-hmm. 
And in the summer, he worked as a camp counselor. I'm like, hmm, still normal, still normal. Mm. After graduating from school, he entered Boston University. But after two years entering the university, he decided to go and enter St. John's Seminary in Boston and study. He's to a, be priest. a priest. He's a priest now. Now you know where we go. Oh, no. Oh, yes. So in 1960, he gets ordained as a a priest Mm -hmm. in Boston. Just a year as he gets ordained, a parent in the, um, how do you call that? There is the word. Congregation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Complained to the police that he sexually abused his 11-year-old son. The police were ready to prosecute him, but the father withdrew the, the report. The father of the son. The father of the son. Because, you know, he's also a father. He's also a father. But, you know, in the priest way. After this complaint was withdrawn from the police, mm-hmm. there were other complaints made to the... Um, how do you call the other again? Congregation. Congregation. <laughs> but no, and it's not the congregation. The, like, a, a big, a bigger area than the congregation. It's The congregation is like one church. Yeah. How do you say this? A diocese? Our diocese. Mm-hmm. But none of them were addressed. Across several the, churches. They w- had there complaints. Were complaints. None of them reached to the police. Okay. Archbishop mm-hmm. never do anything about it. That's the, the top of tops. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They didn't address them. Yeah. So seven years passed now. It's 1967. Mm-hmm. Another priest, I want to say the name, in Massachusetts, wrote a complaint letter to the Archidiocese about Paul. He said that two boys have complained of Paul sexually abused them through uh, during a weekend on a cabin. You know, sometimes you take... Like a retreat? A retreat. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done. Two years more. So now it's 1967. Paul started his youth apostolate section in Boston. He will help people that have been struggling with drugs, runaway kids, and young boys struggling with their sexuality. How is he helping them? Because mm. he's a priest. He knows best. Mm. Just by being a priest. He was nicknamed the hippie priest for his long hair and outspoken views, including his public rejection of the church's condemnation of homosexuality. Well, I mean, he's not wrong about that last part, but he had an agenda, obviously. He already had an agenda. Mm-hmm. So now we established that he now has a target. Mm-hmm. People that he think won't have family members defend them. Young mm-hmm. boys. And this is this 1960, so gays. Mm-hmm. You know? Ostracized by their mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to go. And he is there to help. He sent a bunch of letters to other priests and other bishops to, to get them to understand this boy's homosexuality. So they would stop thinking about it so much as a sin. Is that it? He called it changing norms of sexuality. He wrote so much to other people. Some good soul had made a whole website or whole link where he put 1,600 articles, letters and stuff that he had sent to everybody and communication between the bishops mm-hmm. about Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, his work inspires so much. Like he has so much reach 
that three nuns started their own youth program. Right, to help the same people. To help the same people. Yeah, okay. Fast forward. Susanna, you gonna tell to me is that some sort of like how to be a pedophile training? Is that what this is? That's exactly where we're going. North American Men Boy Love Association. Mm-hmm. You didn't know about this? No. Oh, wow. This is just like that thing from last week that got cut out of the episode because you went crazy, but rightly so, where we were talking about the the minor attracted persons. Yeah. Do you remember that bullshit? Yeah. Look, here, here, here. Yeah, that's exactly where you're going. And I, you know, I'm not hiding anything. Mm. So, 1977, at a church meeting in New York, Paul said, that when an adult and a child have sex, the adult is not the seducer. The kid is the seducer. Where's, what? He also said that punishing the adult only hurts the kid. Let that sing. I can't. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. In a church meeting, 1977, none of these bitches were saying, well... Red flag. Like these guys out in the world saying, it's okay if an adult in the room wants to have sex with you. You see, that's where they lost me. But he's not defending it for the right reason. Exactly, but that's that's where they lost me. So it's like, okay, you've, you're you're saying you're an ally to what is now known as this movement. It didn't exist back then. But you're saying, don't ostracize these people for who they love. This is just who they are. They make space for them. Accept them. You've got me there because one of my biggest things with religion is that people like to enact what they think is their interpretation of religion and not the true tenets to me of my opinion which is religion which is the whole love everybody bullshit because in my opinion i keep saying my opinion because some jackass in the comments is going to come and be stupid but in my opinion you know god didn't send us here to do his work you know he didn't ask you to do any kind of judgment even if in your you feel some way that this is wrong keep that shit to yourself not your business your job isn't to judge them your job is to love them and priests are meant to be the best example of this okay so if you're saying you're going to take it upon yourself to get a group of people who usually do not love or show love to these people to love them i agree with you here's the part that continuously will trip you out there has been complaints. Yeah. There has been letters. Yeah. He's going around saying these things that, in all honesty, it's against the church rules. It's against legal rules. But let's just say that they think, priests believe that no legal thing will ever happen to them. Mm. Right? That they don't have, so that the, the legal church, system has no jurisdiction mm-hmm, within the mm-hmm, church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And then the church, it's like, it looks like a pedophile. A pedophile. It talks like a pedophile. It's, it's a duck. doing stuff. But it's a duck. It's a beast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. There's nothing is happening. So somebody in a church, like you have to be so bold, like in a church meeting. Church. It's not like he's going on the street on the corner yeah, and being like, eh, Susanna, I'd like church. to interject here to say he likely knew that the people who he, what he was preaching to that it wasn't going to fall on heirs that didn't receive that information. No, but people from that meeting in New York, 1977, mm-hmm. sent an email to the bishop about, mm-hmm. not an email, uh, a, letter. A, letter, <laughs> a letter to the bishop saying, A, 
this guy saying this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a witness. Yeah. He said this and this and this uh-huh. at this place, the time he mm-hmm. sent all the receipts. Mm-hmm. What did I do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but like I said, I think that there are people even, okay, for every, let's say, 10 letters that reached the bishop, archbishop about the things that he said, perhaps he knew that there were going to be five, even if he reached five who approved of his agenda. He's got five allies on his side saying, no, he doesn't mean anything by this because get this is his point and this is, you know what I mean? Because they want to believe it and they want to agree because as long as it's morally okay and they've worked out a framework for it to be acceptable, it's not a sin, you know? They're carrying the weight of their moral implications. So in order for it to tie up in a nice little bow, they have to remove the moral implications of it by saying, Oh, we're, we're victims. We're, we're victims of the seductive minor, which is the stupidest combination of words mm-hmm. you could say in life. Yeah. Again, two years later, 1979, he goes to a conference in Boston on sexuality. They sent him there for a training. As a he representative. Went. So out of all the bishops, who can I send? Well, he have all, this conference. He have all them newsletters and pamphlets out about the sexuality. And you're not kidding, eh? I'm going to show you a pamphlet. Mm. I'm going to show you a pamphlet. You're going to laugh. Will I? Yeah, In the will. context of this conversation, will I laugh? Because of the irony. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, let's send him. Because why not? The February 12, 1979 issue the gay of the gay week. So it's like Pride Day? It's like Pride? It's like a gay newsletter oh that's what it, it's a newspaper oh wow like newsweek but it's called gay, gay week. week oh no had an article titled men's and boys you know why i know the, a gay guy a good gay guy didn't write that because that would not have been named gay week it would have been named gay gazette okay a little flair it would have been nicer it wouldn't have been that shit you know that it's some prick wrote that okay so the article said that he, at the conference, defended value of a relationship between child and man, boy and man. They cannot link him to the, the founders of these North American Man-Boy Love Association. But from that conference, people decided to form that association. This association, it, def- it has all the rulings. So it's like a manifesto for being a pedophile. Yes. Huh. And for years, and they, it, the word is that this association still works under the table. So all of them pedophiles come in together and justify to have a conference molesting kids and how they're trying to make their way into mainstream society. So these organizations have been on the making for a while. Okay. And they're still going on. But that have nothing to do with people identifying as different things. It has nothing to do with No, no, no. Because these motherfuckers said again oh now that you can identify as this now that you can identify as that why can't you just say a pedophile is just attracted to kids a minor attracted person mm-hmm. you know what i will forever say this i will say this probably until i did if i did and i get buried somehow which is unlikely because i think the direction is cremation but if i somehow find my way into a place i thought you of were rest, going to donate your organs 
Yeah, the people at the licensing office kind of shake me down for them all. Got <laughs> <Have> so many <laughs> things. I have no, I have no choice because they were like, "See, they're, 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 they're not gonna get much. They'll get scraps because at this point, whoever had my voodoo candle around will get hard." That's not what this is about. My point is, I will say this until I go to my final resting place. The only thing you need to identify as male, and I said it, is audacity. You've seen mm-hmm. me say it. You've mm-hmm. seen it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you, so knowing that audacity is the only prerequisite for being a whole man, right? Maybe that's the leg that they're trying to stand on, but this is yeah. disgusting and this is illegal. This is illegal. This is immoral and it is illegal. Now go ahead and and Google this if you're gonna get more upset. Their pictures, the founder and co-founders, the people that put money into this organization so they can make it to the stream. They're billionaires. Yeah. Yeah, of course. They're still trying to make it in. Yes. But they're that's your whole work. argument. But there, there, there are people who are believing it. Because of like you said that argument last week about the woman. It never made it to the episode because you, we went off. It was like an hour-long tangent about it. But it's because it's a big issue. You talked about the teacher at the school mm-hmm. who got in trouble mm-hmm. because she told her students, we will no longer, who were five, that they will no longer be using the word pedophile, no, but minor, minor attracted persons, which is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? But you just, do you feel like, where, where, where have I been that I never heard that? These organizations, they work on the underground for years and years and years and years. When they surface... You're just only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. They have a foundation so solid that before they said something, they are already sure that all these people are going to back them up. Mm-hmm. But what they're really trying to do by being a covert, quiet operation is to really put people in the positions of power. That's really their move, you know. The, the move isn't about getting the public on board. They don't ever need to get the public on no. board. Because look at Roe versus Wade. They, they don't have the public response or opinion on that. They still mm-hmm. did it, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, is that they don't need the public to agree. They just need to put somebody in the right seat. That's the only thing they have to achieve. Mm-hmm. They need to put somebody who supports their agenda in the right seat. Mm-hmm. And the minute they achieve that is when they're going to get this whole minor attracted person's fuckery approved. Yep. You'll see. Now, during the 80s, Paul served as a pastor at St. John Parish in Newton, Massachusetts. Yes. You know, I can't pronounce Massachusetts. Massa- Massa- I would say Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't mean to. Massachusetts. 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 In Southern California. While he was there, he was to be on paid sick leave from the bishop. So uh, this is the part I don't understand because now you get, you don't work under the bishop, but you're getting paid leave. Why are you working? Okay, okay. So he, instead of working for the bishop, he's working as an interim Minister. minister, but he's not, he's on paid leave from his bishop assigned role mm-hmm. but he's making money through this other role as an interim minister right okay so the bishop robert banks 
wrote a letter in January 1990 to the Bishop of Southern California saying that Paul had a clean record. Why did he need to clarify it? He also said on an affidavit that the Bishop of Southern California that he was stating did not have any allegation of his wrongdoings on Massachusetts. I, to me, it seems like low lay low we're gonna move you from here mm-hmm. and put you in the next state where you're gonna hold this little baby uh-huh. job now we're gonna get somebody to vouch for you then go back so you can go back mm-hmm. and that did happen 1993 he was assigned as a pastor in saint Anne's parish in california while he was there paul and another reverend john j white had an affair no 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 no, because it's not enough that he has a congregation him and another man open a business that's john j that it's a bed and breakfast bed and breakfast oh pastors allowed to have bed and breakfast cater to gay boys hold on like these people are holding a (laughs) holding a sign here, pedophile. <laughs> fit. You know that open sign? I want to. And then just... you knock at the door. Are you open? No, bitch. Wait, wait, I wait. Just have that sign. Or I have questions because you probably do. How is he a priest or a pastor? And what are what are mm-hmm. what are the financial allowances of a priest or a pastor? Because to my knowledge, and I don't speak for everybody now, a pastor is the one. And don't come for me, pastors out there. They're the ones who blinged out. They are in the church. Not all of them. Some of them are humble. Priest is like somebody who's supposed to live humbly off of whatever meager earnings or whatever mm-hmm. assistance they get from the church. And they're meant to, you know. Well, maybe he was just there to give him instructions. And this one, the, this other guy who is a reverend. John whatever. John White. Yeah. John J. White. So nobody questioned them opening a business together with what money? All of them break flags. Like when you can't, when you don't want to see something, you just don't want to see it. No, they saw it. They just don't want to, want to deal with it. I'm sure that it have people in higher positions who were like aware of it. And were like, no, we're not going to do anything about it, you know, because it would draw too much attention if they were to actually take legal action. Well, look at this. In October 1993, mm-hmm. so the same year where he opens the bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. this bishop received a letter from another reverend saying that the previous bishops and the current bishop have received complaints and records of past child abuse, uh, sexual abuse allegations against Paul, right? And he got suspended immediately. This is the one in California found this out. Yes. Okay. After he heard that there was no criminal anything linked with him because no, but originally this, they first said there was another was man. Yeah, that this is another another bishop. Another bishop somewhere and else. Then in, but within California. Right, right, right. But somebody from on the bishop on the in the Boston side was like, nah, he good. He on the up and ups. Yes. No, safe. the California one. The California one is yeah. who reported the him. The California one was that said, no, he good. Uh-huh. Don't worry. So he goes into another bishop within the California one. Op- it meets the the J.J. White. Yeah. Open the thing for gays. And then in October, the same year that he opened the thing, that he goes into bish- this bishop, mm-hmm. he another 
reverend sent a letter to this bishop to say, hey, bitches, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. This guy, now we have reports. Imagine how bad has it been that now a bishop has said, oh, yeah, we have to do something. No. What do they do? Pow, pow. Suspension, you got it. Later that year, he gets sent to a psychiatric facility in Connecticut. He has a mentally ill as Sheila brother. Mm. That's how mentally ill he is. To, mm? Like Sheila brother. Yeah. Who didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. To, for evaluation. Mm. Because all these reflect... Cry for help. <laughs> of course, when there, he was honest. I was going to say he confessed. It was a joke. That's a bad joke. That he confessed? Yeah. It is a bad Guess joke. Yeah, I got it. Please, I, please got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> okay. He admitted to sexually abusing four boys. That's and a lie. To, and that he is attracted to adolescents' males. That the lie detector does determine that as a lie is more than four. This institute, very efficient institute, diagnosed him. He is narcissistic and histrionic. Hysterical? Histrionic. What's histrionic? He enjoys history? Dramatic. Like, oh. Wow, I've never heard that word before. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were making fun of me. No, I'm not making fun of you. I just never heard that word before. I'm like, is she trying to say hysterical? No. Okay. Paul moved to New York in 1995 to work as an assistant director of the Leo House Catholic Residency Facility in Manhattan. By 1997, the boss was considering promoting him into being the director. Okay. But he said, mm, all these rumors could be bad for our brand to sit still. Now we're May 2002. This story is taking so long. This man was born in 1930, Susanna. Paul Shandley was arrested in San Diego, California on three counts of child rapes from Massachusetts. From allegations made since he started the first time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like they didn't have a statute of limitations there. No. Good. They gather over 20 reports and all these kids said that they were abused by him on from the ages of 6 and 15. Not after that. Mm. After 15, he's more conscious of. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're able to defend themselves. I don't know. In February 2005, Paul was convicted in Massachusetts of indecent assault and a statutory rape. Yes. He received a sentence of 12 to 15 years. That's why I said only 12. For each count? No. Total? Total. He was kicked out of the Catholic Church in 2004. So before the sentencing, but mm -hmm. after he was arrested. Anybody else came forward or just these three guys? That, this is the slippery slope on that case. Paul defense claimed that the case was based on memory because now these kids are now grown up. But if you get something and like that happened to you, you're not going to forget yeah, it. Yeah, but some of them have to through hypnosis so and all that forget. thing. So they could explain what happened. Mm. So Paul's defense was based solely on the fact that they could improve because memory is, it's children's memory is not to be trusted basically when he got sentenced paul's defense was like wow now you based on and i'm gonna quote junk science 
the, that's how they refer to the hypnosis mm -hmm. of these other children mm -hmm. and uh, and adults. the fact and the fact that the media pressure you to come up to this so he appealed mm. he appealed have you got more time november 26 2008 now the superior court denied the motion for a new trial they appealed for the new trial they denied it so now paul's defense said fuck your superior court i'm gonna go higher have more than the supreme court yeah, i don't know it says Supreme Judicial Court. I thought the Supreme, Supreme Court was the highest court in the land. I mean, maybe but there's... Where else could he go? I don't know. But they went. Higher than Supreme. Yes. Supreme is Supreme for yes. reason. But I don't know, Shana. All right. So what is My it? point is that January 2009, that higher Supreme Court, so extra Supreme, hyper Supreme, mm. they said, fuck you. Good. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And all of the supremest courtist people mm -hmm. said unanimously, fuck you, you still going in jail. Of course, Paul was released on parole on July 28th, 2017. So I'm guessing for 12 motherfucking years, he couldn't rape anybody. I said what I said. I mean, his parole sentence, audience anyway. his parole sentence, Require him to be supervised all the way to 2027, which is not enough for this Hold sex on. offender. Hold on, let me see how old he is. 2010, 2020. No, Susanna, he'll be 96. He was born in 1931. To sexually right? assault a kid doesn't need a hard on. No, no, you don't. Saying. You don't. No, exactly. I, I agree, but I'm just saying. But he's still, he could die. Sorry, he did. He did. Oh October shit! October twenty. Oh shit! No. No, I called out that he could die, and then he's dead. I felt like he's I called dead. it. You didn't call it. He already died. He died in twenty twenty. October twenty. Just in time for him to lose his his privileges. Look at that. Look at God. Seven years more for the probation. Yeah, Until but I mean, he died before he could get that probation lifted, which is a good thing, no? He already damaged the life of so many Yes, other but you don't want him to not be getting controlled. At least he was being watched, <sighs> kind of. So he died. He died from heart failure. To me, he got an easy one. Where you come from with your shit sometimes? You know, I told you to come here with a nice, easy-peasy case. I'm going to show you this. Are you going to show me the Gay Gazette? No, not the Gay Gazette. Or oh, sorry, Gay Week, which is Nationally not recognized expert, Catholic priest, speaks out on homosexuality. Straight talk about gays. That is the thing. That statement... He has tapes, tapes on counseling parents of gays. What are they driving them to do? Bring them to church. We get them into thing. Like he has his old pedophile business mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. now, and it was supported by the church. I am. By just not doing shit. Okay. I am not obviously in support of him at all. He a rapist. He a child rapist. He's yeah. a molester. Huh? But that straight talk about gays is clever. Yeah. I'd read it. Yeah. Straight talk about gays. That got my of attention. Course. Of course. And he counseling parents of gays yeah he knew he's a predator but you know he knew there are a lot of a lot of deeply i don't want to say christian i'll say deeply religious people 
who believe in gay conversion therapy. Like you can send your child away to a camp. You remember you did the dance, the pretty gay away. <laughs> you don't like it. I, don't, it I you didn't. Never it's offensive. It's it was, offensive. It's, it's, it's relevant to this conversation. I don't even know why you brought it up back then. But one time Susanna was watching um, Will and Grace and Jack apparently had a son. And Jack's son was also... Uh, gay and he got sent to like a camp and he had to he had a song to sing and with all the flair of of his personality he sang pray to gay pretty gay away right <laughs> and i mean it was supposed to be a joke obviously but there are people who genuinely send their children to camps yeah so they could learn how to not be gay and that's why they come back worse because well, they get molested the camp, well no 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 not that they get molested well okay i can't we can't say that of all of the camps the camp intentions are way off to begin with we can't just go out there and say all of the camps have a bunch of rapists but what i will say is if you put a bunch of boys who are sexually attracted to other boys in a camp with other boys where they have to stop thinking about boys you see how it don't work Mm-hmm. You know, if you put a bunch of girls who are attracted to girls and a camp with only girls where they're supposed to be meditating on why they shouldn't like girls, it's not going to work. It just fundamentally sounds stupid to me. So, I mean, what you did was link them up with their first boyfriend or girlfriend. Congrats to you for supporting their new relationship. I'm just saying there's it's a legitimate thing. And like people really believe in it and they send their children out there to, to learn. Do you read faster than me if you want to read this? What's this? This is a letter that he signed, he, he sent mm-hmm. to a cardinal mm-hmm. in support of his actions. I like the word cardinal because it makes me think of the birds. <laughs> you see how he phrased it and it's amazing. Like this guy was clever. I'm glad he's dead though. Mm. You see, you see? Sexual deviation. Mm-hmm, he says mm-hmm. that the parish clergy continually call to refer young people to me, expressing their own feelings of inadequacy to deal with sexual mm-hmm. deviation, which means he's putting himself in a position as the expert of sexual mm-hmm, deviance. Mm-hmm. So that if you have encountered a youth who you think is sexually deviant, send them so away. Might, mm-hmm. Because I could straighten them up. I read uh, um, one of those night. A 1,600 article has an mm-hmm. affidavit from a guy, uh, I'm not going to say, uh, a he Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> he, that's... that's uh, John. John Doe. <laughs> he Jane Doe. I don't know. He didn't know the <laughs> He Jane Doe. I like it though. He said that he escaped the school where he was staying to go see his girlfriend, the Jane Doe. John Doe. John Doe has left to go see Jane Doe. He went to see Jane Doe. Yeah. Same age as him. Yeah, so John left to go see Jane. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. sneaked, like, he sneak out. He sneak out. Yeah. 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 Right? Jane mom mm-hmm. found John mm-hmm. with Jane. Let me guess. He went to jail for sexual assault. Nochka. Okay. So Jane mom went like, we need to go. Mm-hmm. You need to go. Mm-hmm. Because you escaped. Let mm-hmm. me take you. Mm-hmm. So when they go into Jane, the Jane mom's car... She had a flat. Mm-hmm. So she called because all of them from the same area, right? Mm-hmm. She called she call Paul. Paul said, don't worry, I'll pick him up. Mm-hmm. But it was night. Mm-hmm. So Paul came the next day, mm-hmm. 8.30 in the morning. Picked John Doe. As they leaving, 
he starts making conversation about sexuality. He asked, mm -hmm. Paul asked John if he was act sexually active, if he had ever had sex, and if he had sex with only girls. John, though, was... What the fuck? Why are you asking you me all this? Mm -hmm. Why are we talking about this? You a priest. Mm -hmm. Paul is continued with the conversation and he said, you know, this is normal. Like he's justifying the thing. Like it's normal for uh, young boys to want to have sexual encounters with young uh, another boys or men. And he's telling him, mm -hmm. him all these things. And then within the conversation, he put his hand between mm -hmm. his leg. Mm. John Doe opened the door, jump out, jump out mm -hmm. of the car. You know, fair game to him. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, and so that alone should support the claim mm -hmm. that it wasn't just about him. Mm -hmm. being but his. John fall off the car, mm -hmm. run to Jane Doe house. Mm -hmm. Jane Doe called the bishop. She just had a bishop number? Yeah, he called, not the bishop, the, the congregation, whatever, the church, okay. whatever. Uh -huh. The closest thing, not mm -hmm. the biggest, biggest one. Mm -hmm. They said, no, he has not reached yet. Right? And then he, she get, she, he reaches, she talked to him, and, and he said, tell him to prove it. Mm -hmm. Wow. He, she will continue to call, and he will lift the phone, mm -hmm. and leave the phone, like, on, like, as if the call is going. Mm-hmm. But not so, listen. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And leave it on the on the thing. Mm -hmm. He was never able to prove it. Mm -hmm. It was just his word. Hearsay. Mm. Fancy. I've been watching a lot of lawyers. Mm. So now you're a legal expert. No. But I can say Massachusetts. Wow, you bitch. <laughs> 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 Is there anything else for no. your story? No. He gone, he died. Well, you know which you know what I mean. Ugh, like just I don't know why. Just if my I think about one thing that we always say in this podcast is just like you want to do whatever you want to do, do it. Just don't impose your shit on other people. Like as long as it's consensual. Healthy. Do you know about the secret hole? Because it no no. But as long the as the magic hole, magic hole, it's a hole. As long so as it is consensual, healthy, <laughs> legal. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> For fuck's sake, what fucking hallway? The magic hole. So you put your penis, you don't know what you're going to stick it on. Oh, like there is a, what's it called? What's it called? Chanel, tell me. I don't know. Because I'll put a crocodile on the <laughs> other way. <laughs> up your head. <laughs> up your head. Motherfuckers and leave them out to dry. But the point is that all these people <laughs> should be hanged by their balls and let them die. Like all the balls hanging, I don't, and then like I don't know way. if that's enough. Maybe hang by balls, right? Using a tread that's slowly, slowly unraveling over a pit of crocodiles. Have you ever seen Indiana Jones? He in this one movie, um, the the Temple of Doom, which is my favorite one, which the I one with the rock. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. They remember they were over all of those crocodiles who were in the water rolling and rolling and rolling. Whatever. I remember hearing a story about these Australian boys who had gone somewhere. I don't remember all the details, but they had gone swimming in like a lake or whatever. Their friend got eaten, right? By a crocodile. 
Let's take the, all the pedophiles. Oh, alligator crocodile. I don't know what they it's have out there, but one of those, of right? Teeth. Well, two of the boys, because there was three of them, were able to get out and they climbed into a tree. And the crocodiles, cro- cro- crocogators, because I don't know which one it is, mm-hmm. were under the tree waiting for them to fall, Susanna. Like, just, they stayed whole night in this tree. And this was not like a mango tree <laughs> where you could, like, relax. <laughs> okay. And this was like, like... holding. Yeah, they're holding on for a life all night. Shit, right? I, I don't think I'm strong enough. But I think adrenaline just kicked in and be like, bitch, no, like the alternative is being bitten by this guy. But I think about my arms, my upper back strength, Susanna, <laughs> and I just know I'd be But dead. it has to be, not, not everybody that is put on that situation is had so fit that they can hold themselves. Yeah, but these are young boys. They're like, when I say young boys, not like, they're like teens, not like... Um, oh, they're fucking young. Mm-hmm. They can do that they shit. They can hold it to anything. Exactly. I took it on me. I took it on me. <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now, I'm no. not going to make it. <laughs> You'll be sleeping. Sleeping when they say, let's go swim, nothing. Like, if I take it to, no, thank you. Let's go to the lake. No, nothing. Not only would I be sleeping, but let's pretend I went and somehow I made it to the tree, right? To the water. (laughs) That's actually a good point. I wasn't going to go in the water. (laughs) No. I have to be salty water and the crocodiles don't go in the salty water. No, one of them does. Which one? This is why I'm calling them crocogators because I don't know. This is a Googleable thing. This is an easily Googleable thing. But I don't know. I think I think the crocodiles are salt water. Salt water, they have You all think that, that. Well, alligators prefer fresh water, while crocs tend to prefer salt water or brackish water, you see? Yeah. See like like the sea, the sea. Anyway, um would you like to tell people, before we sign off, would you like to tell people about the fact that you moved? Yes, they know about me. Yeah, moved. yeah, but that's why we didn't have an episode last week. So tell people how you feel about your move. I'm still overwhelmed. <laughs> I, I feel that everybody that hates that hates me should move 7,500 times. Not a real number. Because... It's painful. I have pains that I'm still paying for. I have the dust allergies I have, I still not able to put contacts on. I put contacts when we went to see Trevor and all because I didn't want the glasses. <gasps> okay. First of all, I want to say you're welcome. I helped Susanna move. I got paid in a lot yeah. of food. Okay. I paid in a lot of food. Bonnie spent the day. She pooped in every house that Susanna <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <Herpy>. <laughs> peed. She peed everywhere. <laughs> She staked mm. her claim, right? But I'm very happy. I'm very happy that everybody has their own space. My favorite thing about Susanna's house is the attic downstairs. The attic downstairs. So Susanna's <laughs> smaller, like her younger daughter, doesn't understand the concept of a basement. <laughs> so she said, um, as she keeps calling the basement the attic downstairs. So <laughs> I said, I when I was asked about why I don't want to go down to the basement, I said because I'm afraid of the basement. And then Karen goes, I hate the basement. <laughs> and so we were like, You hate the basement? Yeah, I hate the basement. Yeah, I don't like it. Meanwhile, you're at what the about basement. the what about the attic downstairs? I love the attic downstairs. <laughs> so that like uh, she uh, Emma is like she has marked the wall around her. You are not allowing here. You are to knock a door. As, soon as, Ka- room. <laughs> as soon as Karen goes and over, eh, no, don't touch that. Get out. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
So it's a cute. It's um, so far it's still cute to hear that that fight. I it's will tell you when it just. Yeah, I will tell you when I when that. Uh, I think it just kind of messes up because she's used to spending time with. I them. thought Karen was gonna have a hard time because she this looks is so the happy in her space. But this is the first time. Look, Emma it has recovered her own space. Because mm-hmm. right? she used to have her own she space. She used to have her own yeah, space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Karen had never had But she's doing so good space. with this. She was so happy. Yeah. She's like, look at all this space. I can mm-hmm. play here. Yeah. And I can play here. Yeah. So she goes to the attic downstairs. She plays. <laughs> yeah. She calls upstairs. <laughs> and then she goes and watch TV. And then she goes all the way up again. Yeah. What I am, I'm going to say... At this place, I'm gonna grow very nice ass and legs because going up and down these stairs, like you're trying to plant. I'm going downstairs. What else do I need? So you don't have to make multiple. I don't have to (laughs) multiple. No, no, no. I'm now planting on baskets on the stairs. Okay. To put the stuff that goes upstairs. So okay, so you can make a little collection. Yes. And then you can just grab it. But that slippery slope because I know. Yeah, I know. That's gonna go a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're all happy for you here at the podcast that you got a house. I'm very happy. I'm still work making my way on designing and stuff. I'm very obsessed. And you can tell that because I'm cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. But as we I have go. a plan. People eat and I clean. I bring the vacuum and I clean on top of you because no bitch, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not going to make my house <laughs> unclean. The first week I did my, the whole laundry I didn't do, I did it. Laundry has been done. It's like I have never had a drying and washing machine. It's been a while since you've had your own for a while. It has been a while. So I get to decide what goes in, what goes out. How many cycles do you want to do? I don't need to fight it with Did you ever find out what the neighbor was using as their laundry detergent? It smells so good. No, I haven't. I haven't. I will not make any friends. I, you just need to mako. You need to make friends. Just look through your kitchen window. And and I, mean, see I need to inside. learn from the other mako lady. The one from the, the corner. Mako. When we were moving, Susanna she had like a woman. One thing, is, one thing is to be like, let me listen. This she bitch opened the door. <laughs> Stood in the door frame. Tea. She tea was on her head. She was had on a robe. <laughs> she had her tea. robe on. Tea on her hand. Watching. She was like. <laughs> she was funny. But we ended off the, a very, very busy, very busy week with a nice treat. We went to see Trevor Noah the yes. other day, and it was excellent. It was a very good show. So we recommend his so Back so to Abnormal tour. Good. He had so really good headliners. Good. We had really bomb seats. I want to shout out to the people who bought my tickets on Game Time. <laughs> because we had nosebleed seats, like legit nosebleed and then i saw that these seats in a much better section were going for sale cheaper than my nosebleed seats <laughs> so i bought them so now at this point a bitch has six tickets and only three guests right so i'm like what are we gonna do and i just was like hopefully it sells hopefully it sells susanna was like yes hopefully it sells. so we're pushing all the good juju trevor noah did us a solid and decides that the day after i bought my sixth ticket that he was gonna announce he's leaving the daily show Jesus so what Christ. does that do for my nosebleed what? tickets boop everybody wants a ticket so me i posted them thinking nobody's gonna take these i just have to eat the cost because we want to sit closer next thing you know one went the other two went it was the 
I had no I had no effort. It was <laughs> on there maybe like an hour and a half. Yeah. So I just want to say shout out to you all who just love Trevor Noah enough to go and sit in a seat by yourself. Totally worth it. Everybody like very good. None. If this is a thing about comedy, and it's it is um, they're different comedians. Like you cannot compare Dave Chappelle to Trevor Noah to Chris Rock to Chris Rock, and we've seen Chris Kevin Rock Hart. and Trevor Noah back to back now. To Kevin one Ma- after the other. Mm-hmm. 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 They're different. Like I see Trevor Noah more. I'll make you laugh, but I'll make you think about the shit, mm-hmm. you know? It's but he, that's also kind of Chappelle's still too, but you normally don't realize. He's but trying Chappelle, to teach you something Chappelle, till the Chappelle end. Chappelle is more, he said more bad words. Yeah, like yeah. He go, he plays by the edge No, no, but lot. he does, he does. But a the lot. thing with Chappelle I find is that Chappelle will say something at the very beginning of his story that, that you will probably not even place anywhere. And tell a whole bunch of things in between, and oh, then you a, get to the name, end. That has a name on the comedy thing. Oh, it does. The, I, and I, then at the end, you, you linked he it links right. the mm-hmm. beginning to the end, and it will have you thinking so hard about all the shit that you heard in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I find that very good. It's a very good style. Yeah. Just nice to get out, mm-hmm. be out there with all these people, mm-hmm. to see people doing their thing, to to see somebody who you're used to seeing only on TV, kind of in person, mm-hmm. and it's fun. You know, so it was a nice kind of way to wrap up. Um, Kevin Hart's supposed to be coming, but we didn't get tickets for that. I'm gonna check Game Time and see what I can do. <laughs> but um, and we are not sponsored by Game Time. But at Game Time, if you're listening to this, please feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> Send us a check. Send us a check, okay? Anyway, Susanna, take us away. We know nothing. So no, we please. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the sources linked on our Instagram at criminalicoolers or. On our website at criminalicoolest.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those reads. Hey, we might be coolest. That's not a crime. See you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>